0: Oh yikes, Mike. Too loud and too specific. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, we're a twice-weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the radio show turned podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. On Mondays we give you a recap of the previous week's TBTLs. but on Fridays we like to bring you a different kind of uh, piece, maybe an appreciation piece of some kind, and a lot of times we will do interviews with tens and find out their origin stories and how they got involved with the show and how they started listening and all that. Christy will take care of that interview when the time comes. She joins me from the Scott's miracle Grow studios in Linwood, Washington tonight. Christy Wise, the nice lady. Hello.
0: Hello, Mike. It's been so long.
1: It has. It seemed like we we recorded very intensely for about three weeks, and then we <laughs> then you got never spoke again. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I mean, uh, you've been stepping back in a little more, and I've been stepping back a little more, just the way I like it. Um,
0: (laughs) So you just go away and we all forget you even existed?
1: (sighs) We're getting there. And part of that process is our guest tonight, Mike Farnan, joined us to um, do a recap a few weeks ago. Uh, Hello, Mike. Hello. But we thought it was time for him to come in and do his, um, uh, I I, I don't want to say duty, but (laughs) I don't think you can be a part of this show unless you've done this particular type episode. Also, the theme
0: of today is duty. Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> I I intended no pun, but yes, we're going to talk about <laughs> duty today. That's uh Mike has chosen for uh clip from TBTL history that involves crap. Um but before we get into that, uh we will be getting to know Mike. I did some light Facebook stalking, of course, and Christy will uh put him through his paces as far as how he got involved with the show. We will do some housekeeping of which we have a lot lately, and at the end we'll tell you how to get involved. Maybe you can get on and sound super great on your fancy mic, just like Mike Farnan (laughs) did. All right. Uh, Mike Farnan, you are from White Bear Lake, Minnesota, are you not? That's correct. Born, raised, graduated high school, all that?
2: Yes, yes. I I grew up in uh, White Bear Lake, Minnesota until I moved out here to uh, Los
1: Angeles in 1993. So you... Uh it's, it's just about due north of St. Paul, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's about 10 miles uh, northeast of St. Paul.
1: Okay. So uh, have you ever seen um, the Stewbot in the wild?
2: I have not. I was actually just in Minnesota a couple weeks ago when Stew was there and Andrew and Luke were there, but it was a very short trip. So unfortunately, I didn't get to go to the meetup they had, even though I was in the state at the time. I was very disappointed.
1: Hmm. Well, he is a minor celebrity up there, so... You know, it's it's nice when you can throw that in, that name around in St. Paul, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, especially since he works for Sur- Surly Brewery, which is one of my favorite beers that you can't get out here in Los Angeles. So I'm going to try and, you know, either beg and plead or use some sort of extortion to get Stu to give me free beer the next time I'm in Minnesota.
1: <laughs> yeah. Appeal to his um, his vanity as a regional Twitter sports celebrity. <laughs>
2: Yes, yes, that's good. You know, I, I'm a I'm a Twins fan, so I follow his musings on the Twins, uh, which are always both funny and insightful. So I'm sure I could butter him up a little that way.
1: Let me ask you a question because anytime there's anything in anybody's Facebook about sports, I want to get into it. So obviously, born and raised Twins fan all your life, still follow the Twins. Do you do you use the MLB app? Or, I mean, do you do you, no. You, I mean,
2: I'm also a Dodgers fan, so that's where I uh, put most of my energy just because the Dodgers are a much, much better team than the Twins are, so it's much more enjoyable
1: to follow them. They but, certainly uh, try harder to be good. That <laughs> well,
2: not be in any dispute. It, and it hel- helps that the Dodgers have about 50 times the amount of money the Twins do. Right, for, right. So that kind of makes life a little easier for the Dodgers. So...
1: well. That was that was kind of my um, – my next question was going to be when you move to a place and you, you more or less move permanently, I mean, you've never gone back or moved anywhere else, right? That's correct. So obviously you're a crazy sports fan like me, and like when I was a fugitive, I, I became a Padres fan, you know, because I was a fugitive in San Diego. Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, you know, you just kind of end up watching and, and rooting for the team that, uh, you know, where you're getting the most information and the most – like um stimulus i guess
2: well yeah and for me part of the attraction of the dodgers was for the longtime announcer vin scully who retired just this last year but he was so great that you know i kind of lost touch with baseball you know during my teenage years when i kind of turned into somebody like andrew who was you know actively condescending towards sports fans and jocks (laughs) but uh moving to Los Angeles and hearing Vin Scully on occasion kind of sucked me back into baseball, so...
1: For those of you who don't know, I mean, obviously everyone's heard the name Vin Scully before, but um, not only was Vin Scully, I think Vin Scully was the greatest broadcaster of all time, he did it in a in a way that nobody does it anymore, and that is, he did it all alone.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and he also did it for 67 years, and mm-hmm. he had just an encyclopedic Uh, memory about event, you know, so he would tell stories about a game that happened 50 years prior and, and what that was like to be there. So he really was a remarkable talent.
1: And he just retired. This is his first season off. Um, Yes. My, my question for you about the Dodgers in particular, I didn't want to get this deep into it, but it, it kind of fascinates me. Time Warner still doesn't carry the Dodger games. No, Time Warner
2: is the only uh, company that it's now Spectrum, but they're the only ones that carry the Dodgers because they oh, way okay. o- they way overpaid for it. And now the other cable companies don't want to give them what they want uh, to okay. carry the games.
1: I had it switched around and I just think that's insane.
2: Yeah, yeah. They, they made it just a terrible deal. I mean, it worked out good for the Dodgers because they now have all this money to play around with, but it's... It's bad for the fans it's yeah it's terrible for the fans if you can't get that cable company so uh i'm lucky enough that that's my cable company but yeah for a lot of fans yeah i
1: think if i lived down there that would have to be my cable company i'd just yeah. be like oh well you know yeah i i guess i'm in on that um or
0: you would just steal my logins oh absolutely <laughs> i i steal i steal Christie's
1: xfinity i steal her hbo in fact last night i had to get her password again because yeah, I mean, it's been so Silicon long since Valley. I've been stealing. I was stealing, uh, what's the show with the, with the, I was stealing Westworld, and I hadn't really watched anything since then, but last night I wanted to get back into Silicon Valley, so I was like, what's your password again?
2: <laughs> yes, I, I have let my password out in the wild more than a few times as well, so.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know about Xfinity, but I know HBO doesn't give a shit about it, so. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Okay, so you're, you're from White Bear Lake, Minnesota, which uh, I was reading up on, and it is the home to the corporate headquarters of SmartCart. Yes. <laughs> There's a feather in their cap right Absolutely. There. Some of the most frustrating equipment ever put in an airport. <laughs> um, Mark Twain wrote about Great uh, White Bear Lake, Minnesota uh, in, his, in uh, his book Life on the Mississippi. I didn't realize that. Yeah, there's actually
2: a, a kind of a monument to him in a park just a block or two from the house where I grew up that has a quote about White Bear Lake in it from him. So I don't know if I've ever read the full book, but he did indeed. It was a big uh, vacation spot for people from St. Paul in the late 1800s. They would come up to White Bear Lake to the cottage, cottages along the lake to relax.
1: Okay, but so the other thing that's notable about White Bear Lake, as I was reading about history of this town, I liked asking people about their hometowns and, and where they live and have lived, and uh the mo- the most interesting fact in the history here was actual a uh, murder case. And I'm gonna quote from Wikipedia here. It says, and I'm gonna ask you to explain <laughs> explain this to me. The murder of three year old Dennis Jergens in nineteen sixty-five at the hands of his adoptive mother Lois Jergens was arguably the biggest scandal to hit the town uh, with her conviction in 1987. 1987, she killed her three-year-old in 65. What what happened? How did this thing get off the rails? They couldn't get her?
2: Yeah, they didn't get her, and then I don't know what precipitated it, but then in the 80s, they exhumed the body of her three-year-old son who actually happens to be buried in the same cemetery that my dad is buried in. So I've seen the grave that you're talking about. Um, And even though it was, what, I guess 20-some years later, they saw all this evidence of horrific abuse and were able to convict her based upon that, even though it was 20-some-odd years later. So it was like national news, I remember, at the time. Mm -hmm.
0: So they must have someone must have always had that thought because it's usually the parents that always hold on to it and want to bring the case back up
2: yeah yeah I think he had a brother who revealed the abuse or something like that again it's, it's a long time ago so I don't remember the details other than you know it was a very big deal at the time
1: well um the I want to continue a little bit about your um, hometown or close to your hometown. You are a St. Saint Paul Saints fan. Am I correct?
2: Yes. Yes. And actually, I have a story about the St. Saint Paul Saints. My brother uh, works for the state of Minnesota doing recycling. And uh, so he sometimes helps venues set up the recycling uh, for events. And when the St. Saint Paul Saints opened their new stadium a couple years ago, my brother was there on opening day to make sure uh uh everything uh, is going smoothly and who should come strolling uh, down the concourse but one Mr. Uh, Bill Murray yeah. who for some reason is a part owner of the St. Saint Paul Saints. <laughs> so my brother I got he is. <laughs> So my brother got a chance to actually meet Bill Murray and chat with him for a few minutes and he said he asked for a photo and Bill Murray said oh, I'm not working today and we kind of wandered off. Oh. So that's fair enough. Yeah, well, you know.
1: That's at least a, he a good was way to say it. it. Yeah. yeah, so that team uh, was originally owned, or at least back in the day, was owned by Bill Vec, and now is is majority owned by his son Mike Vec. Is that correct?
2: Uh, you know, I don't know a lot of details about it. Uh, you know, I just kind of I'm not super up to all the goings on right. with the Saint Paul Saints, but uh, I haven't even been to the new stadium yet. I, I went to a few of the games when the uh, at their previous location, but just something you know it's not a huge fandom just something to entertain me
1: well it's not it's not an affiliated um team with major league baseball it's it's probably the most famous independent uh baseball team in america i would think and i'm i'm sort of fascinated with independent leagues and bobby sent me a book recently that he'd read called the only rule is it has to work and it was by the guys who do the um uh uh, effectively wild podcast oh sure (laughs) which about uh, advanced metrics in in baseball. Sure. It's a really sure. fascinating read. I'll, I'll I'll mail that to you, Michael, so we'll keep that chain going. Um, yeah, that sounds interesting. As someone who's who's into into independent minor leagues. Uh and and Bill Vec uh from back in the day who did on those he wrote a couple of really fascinating books. The first one was his autobiography was is in Wreck and then he wrote another one called My, My Life as a Hustler or something like that and it was about all, all of his years owning in Major League Baseball when he was sort of an outsider. He hmm. was the guy who did um, uh, Disco Demolition Night in oh, sure. in uh, in Chicago and I think <laughs> Tencent Beer Night. Um, <laughs> oh no. Yes, I think I, the, four, the Disco Demolition Night ended up with the outfield completely on fire and then Tencent Beer Night I think I. <laughs> canceled the game got canceled somewhere in the middle because you know 10 sit beers you know yeah I think, imagine uh, them doing that in Boston were
2: like rushing the field or something <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've been to a game in Boston because my brother went to college uh, at Boston University and I remember I was in the outfield and I say conservatively 15 to 20 fans got kicked out of that game like just every half inning there would be security guards pulling some crazy fan out of the stands and kicking them out. So it's uh, that's part of the show,
1: right? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) You go to Safeco Field and you just watch kids eat goldfish and, you know, it's it's just two and a half hours of snack, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So you ended up going to uh, USC. You you went to uh, film and TV school there?
2: That's correct, yes.
1: That's pretty prestigious. Nice job by Mm -hmm. you.
2: Why, thank you. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> but you stuck it through. I did. I did. I graduated and everything. So, uh, That's great. That. And in 21 years in the film industry, no one has ever asked me where I went to school. Right. So, <laughs>
1: right. so um, do you do you actively hate USC or are you a USC fan?
2: No, no. It. Uh, you know, what I didn't like about it just was... For going to film school, we didn't get a chance to make a lot of films. Mm -hmm. It was very kind of bureaucratic. And, you know, you have two years where you're doing nothing but general education classes. And Mm -hmm. I just wanted to make movies all the time. So it was a somewhat frustrating experience to – you have surprisingly few classes where you actually make films at film schools. So –
1: yeah, I would say I had a similar experience in broadcast journalism school. I mean, not it wasn't until like later on in your junior year when you actually, outside of internships and work study, you when you actually get to do stuff, and yeah, it, it yeah. is frustrating, you know. <laughs> totally, yeah, I can see that. And
2: the other thing was was it seemed like half the students that they admitted had a lot of film experience, filmmaking experience, which was. Me as well. I'd started making films when I was 11 and took all kinds of classes and there was a great nonprofit in the Twin Cities that I made films at. And so I had a fair amount of experience, but they also seemed to admit a lot of students who never had made a film in their entire lives. And a lot of the classes seemed geared towards mm-hmm. them. So it was like, this is a lens cap. You must remove this before <laughs> shooting Yeah. instruction. And it was just uh, maddening. Um, To uh, to have to sit through all that,
1: yeah, I get that. I I'm not a. I mean, I'm film school. The film school there obviously very impressive. It's an impressive school. It's a cool school. Um, the problem is I. They're my third most hated team in the Pac-12 for sure. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, in terms
2: of football, or in terms of
1: yeah, football, football specifically, but in in general, just in. It's it's mainly because like I hate the University of Oregon just because I mean they've gotten really good lately. Um even when they weren't good, their their fans were always dicks. Um
0: <laughs> But they have fancy costumes.
1: Yeah, they have a different different football costume every week. That's really if, if that's if if you're the kind of kid who just wants to wear different football costumes every yeah. week. Please go to Oregon. I don't want you. And
0: normally, I know that they're called uniforms, but Oregon, they have costumes. Yeah, they are.
1: They're clownish. <laughs> they're quite clownish. So, so I hate them for lots of reasons. And I have to hate Wazoo. It's just obligatory. Um,
0: what do you say? That's like the hammer hating the nail. And oh, the right. Nail hating right, the hammer. Right.
1: It's, not a, it's not a rivalry anymore no. because the hammer and the nail don't have a rivalry. But uh, USC, it's based purely on their competence, in particularly in football. I don't like that they're good every year. <laughs> it bothers me. Well, when me. I was
2: at USC, they were pretty bad those four years. I mean, that, but was,
1: that was such a short window, Mike. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like John Robinson? Is that because they, or what, what were those yeah, years?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. I'm not a huge football fan, so I think the four years I was at school, I went to one USC football game. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, that was also yeah. John Robinson was the coach, uh, so and you got to be were... some
1: kind of a terrible coach to not succeed at USC. I mean, <laughs> really. well,
0: is that the is that because you went there during a stretch when they weren't illegally recruiting people? <laughs> and
1: yeah, <laughs> that's probably it. They
2: were they were uh, they were following all the NCAA rules <laughs> for those.
1: And they're years. like, fuck this, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're <gonna> start cheating. <laughs> I'm always yeah. surprised when there's a school that like gets busted for cheating and they're terrible. I'm like, yeah, yeah. come on, guys. <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: well, the it's, University of Minnesota has always been terrible at football, I think. So maybe yeah, that's, pretty, uh, pretty bad. That's true.
1: The <laughs> University of Minnesota uh, really has – I was thinking about this last season. No major uh, Division One school has had less less – success writ large or failure writ large they're always just kind of bad it seems like (laughs) just boringly bad is it is is that just my outsider's perspective or
2: i i mean i don't follow the their sports teams at all but uh, because it seems like yeah they're always just unremarkable good yeah (laughs) (laughs) they're so So. unremarkable
1: it's pretty crazy (laughs) So when they're talking about uh, Minnesota on the sportive, I'm always like, why are you guys doing this? I don't get I don't care why you're talking about these guys. <laughs>
2: the least interesting sports in the world. <laughs> right, right, absolutely.
1: But to me, I guess it would be kind of calming, kind of soothing, because like when the Mariners, when I was a kid and all the way up to when, I guess in the early 2000s, the Mariners were, were terrible. And it was comforting that they were so terrible every year. It was so so not stressful, you know? Like, yeah. you're, you're not worried about any games after, like, the middle of July. You're just not stressed about it because, like, <laughs> sure, yeah, we might win today, but that'll get us up to 22 out of first place instead. Of...
2: <laughs> yeah, th- that's the problem with the Twins this year is they're actually reasonably good at the moment. So Stressful, it's gonna right? Be, it's going to be all the more heartbreaking when they, right. when they start playing <laughs> right. down to their... A meager exactly. potential so yeah.
0: i just i just would rather them shit the bed early yes the, yeah. the si- and then just
1: <laughs> the mariners took care of that this year nicely
0: being mediocre is really stressful and annoying
1: yeah being in contention past july yeah. it, it <laughs> probably shaved years off my life those those years that the mariners were decent so now yes. now we're back in a groove so i'm not too worried about them and, and I, my heart's gonna last a little bit longer Yes, shockingly,
2: uh, Luke's prediction about the Mariners having uh, the ability to compete this year has not turned out to be true. So.
1: I used to do that when I was a kid, like like him. I would go up and down the roster, the pitching staff, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, if this guy does this, and if this guy does this, this guy. you know." And they always finish sixth, you know. Yeah. Back in the yeah. days when you could finish sixth, they would always finish
2: sixth. <laughs> I bet they could figure out a way to do that this year. <laughs> this year, yeah. Get out of the way, Angels. I bet
1: that most.
0: See, uh, Mariners fans don't know that baseball goes into October. <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> We're just full on about
1: football as soon as,
0: <laughs> as soon as it's. Oh October.
1: yeah, yeah. Forget about it. So
0: even August probably.
1: I guess. Uh, I guess I'm done with sports talk, um, Christy. <laughs> I guess I'll turn uh, Mike over to you.
0: All right. All right, Mike. How did you find the show?
1: so like so many others i
2: found it via wait wait don't tell me uh i actually first listened to the show based upon luke burbank's hosting wait wait don't tell me which uh i believe was right at the beginning of tbtl and i thought luke burbank was the dumbest stage name i'd ever heard (laughs) and that this guy was pretty funny Uh, and it turns out that is in fact his real name Mm -hmm. and uh So I listened to TBTL a few times. I guess this would have been when it was on the radio. And I thought, well, this is dumb. And didn't listen to it again for a long time. And then based upon hearing Luke a couple more times on uh, TBTL, or excuse me, on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, I decided to give it another shot. And that would have been uh, the fall of 2009. So quite by accident, I basically managed to miss the entire Radio run of the show, and just heard it as a podcast.
1: Do you do you remember what turned you off at the first time you tried to listen to it? Was it a general no, thing or particular things?
2: No, I, I I don't remember at all. I mean, I actually went back and listened to like the first week of shows, and they were pretty rough. So it uh, yeah. doesn't surprise me I, that I you I know didn't what guys, I think it's always kind of a constant.
1: disservice when we go back and listen to the beginning of <laughs> of podcasts and shows because. It is always rough, right? Yeah. It's, nobody comes out of the gate unless they're like a seasoned. I don't know. You're you're a pesca, and you you know you're contracted to do this show, and you do all these practice shows and all this stuff. You know, if you just come out doing shows, it's it's never really good to start with, right? Well,
2: yeah, and I think TBTL was specifically constructed to sort of be almost like an anti-show at the beginning. You know, mm-hmm. where it yeah. sounds like they didn't really have a strong plan <laughs> no, at the beginning. No. It was more just, Hey, let's do a show. It was more like Jen,
1: Jen doesn't want to take calls anymore. She's ha- <laughs> never wants to take another call in her whole career. So that's yeah. the basis of, a, of this show. And I don't blame her.
0: Um, So do you remember what your first episode, I guess the first episode where it hooked you more?
2: I do remember the first episode that I was like, okay, I'm all in on this. And it was actually uh, a solo show of Luke's that he recorded in the basement. And he was talking about all the problems he was having with the sewers and the plumbing in the show, which as we would later learn, turned out to be a recurring problem because he's flushes wet wipes down the toilet (laughs) (laughs) and also that would turn out to be a source of uh tension between him and vanessa for revealing such uh, intimate details about their life which he never stopped doing so you
1: know what i don't i don't (laughs) remember him revealing that um and her name being involved in that i thought it was just i thought it was just luke doing it but he outed her as a flusher as well no no he
2: he said, I think it was just a few episodes afterwards that she was upset that he was discussing their sewage problems on the show oh. in such a detail. Like she was hoping he would keep that private. She felt yeah. that was a bit of an overshare, I think. So oh.
0: had she ever met him?
2: Yeah. Really? <laughs> like, He's well, like and then, literally of course, the Luke that on the show as well.
1: So, yeah, 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 <laughs> we, yeah. 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 Right Burbanking the, the poop. <laughs> <for Megan>. yes <laughs> that
0: has to be the name of the show <laughs> Possible shows, <I> <laughs> um so do you remember what episode um decided that you're a 10 turned you into a 10
2: i will i'll say that episode you know that's really the first episode that i can specifically remember uh really being into um but uh uh you know i i i've don't remember exactly when I started listening, but uh, by that point I was a regular listener.
0: Um, Were you a Sten?
2: I would occasionally uh, hop on the Sten page and kind of lurk around. I didn't really interact a lot there, but I I generally wanted to save the uh, episodes for when I was out and about. Mm -hmm. uh, And also, since I work in the sound industry, it's hard to have a show up while I'm working. So (laughs) (laughs) literally
1: the only, the only multitasking that there's no way you could do. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Um, And have you had any TBTL appearances, your name, like uh, any emails being read or been on the show?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I've had three emails read and I also contributed uh, two clips that uh, Andrew used in uh, the cold opens. Uh, just a couple of months ago, uh, the first email I had was about uh, they were talking about the TV clean version of the Big Lebowski and about how you find a stranger in the Alps, yes, and how you go about changing that in a movie. And it is literally my job. My job is a uh, re-recording mixer, so I mix movies and TV shows and commercials. And one of the things we do is go in and re-record the actors come in to a studio and do something called ADR or looping. And they literally fix all the lines that didn't turn out on the set, which is a surprising number of lines. And then also replace all the swear words. So I was explaining that process to them. So that was my first email. My second email was, uh, it was, a. let me music- ask you about that before yeah. you
1: go on. Um, who writes that stuff or do they make it up on the, you know?
2: Well, my point was, I don't know this for sure, but I'm 99% sure that that was uh, the uh, Coen brothers themselves. That line is just too bizarre for them. That's right? They're notorious control freaks as well. But usually it's just the actor makes it up on the spot. Okay. You know, you're you're kind of just. We usually don't put very much effort into it because it's silly and, Mm. you know, there's, there's not a lot of time. So it's like, eh, just something that roughly matches the, your lips you are know? there
1: are there go-tos for each uh, word uh, n-
2: not necessarily i mean i'm sure it's not something i do uh, do supervise that a lot usually there's somebody whose job it is uh-huh. specifically to record adr so like a like uh, there's
1: a director yeah th-
2: there's usually an engineer and somebody who's uh assigned to supervise that okay uh, gotcha so, yeah, that's uh, – yeah, usually it's just that's, – that's part of the reason why it's so funny to hear The Big Lebowski is because the line is just so unusual and creative, <laughs> right. you know. It's so, a classic. In your you business, know.
1: you'd call that a classic.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> a great piece of art. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, the second email I had was a suggestion for Music for Your Weekend, which was a, a French rap song called uh, Je suis Instrument." And I was also correcting Luke's uh, pronunciation of the French singer Françoise Hardy, and oh, yes. and Luke made the point. Uh, I probably knew that, but it feels weird to pronounce French words correctly a lot of the time. Yeah, you got to
1: put the stank on it, and you just don't feel confident yeah. enough to do it. it well, it it's, does
0: it's, take a turn for the douche quick.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's tough because I've been learning French for about the past seven years now, and so and my French teacher, who's A native French speaker is extremely strict about pronunciation so I've had that drilled into me Mm -hmm. so when I'm just out you know in everyday life and I come across a French word it's it's always like so do I pronounce this properly or do I sound like a normal human being speaking English so Mm -hmm. I understand that uh, tension so um, because
1: they're on the NPR station here in Austin they're um there are a lot of stories with Hispanic names in them, and there are also like, uh, I don't know, presenting sponsors of local shows that are Mexican restaurants. And, and oh, a lot of sure. times their, their write-ups include some menu items. And they always get the Hispanic people at the station to do it because the, you could tell the white people don't like doing it because they're <laughs> like, I, I can do it. But it's going to sound really douchey coming from me. Yeah. (laughs) And uh,
2: so, yeah, and then I just had a third email read a few weeks ago when uh, Luke and Andrew were having one of their spectacularly uninformed uh, uh, sportball talks about uh, sending uh, baseball players down to the minors and uh, releasing players. And they couldn't figure out. Oh my god, thank you (laughs) Yes, yeah, they couldn't figure out why some player Had been, from the Mariners Had been released, so I wrote to Explain a little bit how that works I started sending
1: an email And then I was like, um I don't know. I can't throw these pearls before Andrew. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, what I love about Luke and Andrew's sport ball talk is they're so passionate and so ignorant at the same time. Yeah. it's a it's an interesting dichotomy that they manage to get so worked up over anything, but they don't seem to know many of the yeah they don't quite understand it, facts but they're about really up, the sport. They're really worked up over. <laughs> Yeah, um,
0: Mike's doctor actually told him to stop writing emails because
3: the pressure got too <laughs> yeah
2: <important. laughs> i had that i i had that with the uh, writing luke uh dieting advice i tried oh. tilting at that windmill for a little while but realized that that was just making me crazy and certainly <laughs> right. he never paid any attention to it so right yeah Uh, So, yeah, that was the third email that I had. And then the two uh, clips that I submitted that Andrew used were from the show uh, Detroiters on uh, Comedy Central, which, if you haven't seen it, is a very funny show. I highly recommend it. It's about two guys who run this tiny little local ad agency, uh, and they make all these very weird and very bad ads in the city of Detroit. But a recurring theme on the show is hot dogs. So Mm -hmm. there are all these great jokes about hot dogs on the show. So I uh, submitted a clip where a doctor is uh, interviewing one of the lead actors and he says, how many hot dogs have you had today? And the guy's like, I don't know, maybe five or six. And he says, (laughs) uh, uh, or actually, no, he he kind of says, why do you ask that? And the doctor says, because your breath reeks of of hot dogs and there's a mustard stain on your shirt. And he said, I just had a hot dog bowl. And uh, the doctor's like, what's that? And he's like, it's a bowl made of hot dogs. So that was one clip. And the other one was the the two characters are talking and one says, I don't feel very well. And he and the other character says, how many hot dogs did you have to see to have to eat today? And he said. Uh, four or five and the first character says there's your problem you're practically starving let me go see if i have any uh (laughs) desk hot dogs so (laughs) that's hilarious so andrew uh liked those clips and used them in a couple of his opens uh this was probably a month or two ago so those were my appearances on the show
0: that's awesome um what is your favorite drop
2: Ah, so I have three drops that I really like. Of course, uh, the It's a Tuna Bro is uh, is a great one. Yeah. Yeah. As I mentioned, my brother went to Boston University, and I remember the first time I went there and encountered the Boston accent, there were times I literally had trouble uh, understanding what people were saying. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that always reminds me of Boston and warms my heart. And uh, I also love the little sad uh, party horn that they use uh, as a drop and then there's a, that one. exactly yeah <laughs> that always makes me smile when I hear that yeah. and then there's one that ha- I happened across in a show I was archiving that they've only used like two or three times but it's a woman just kind of matter of factly describing um, nicknames for a speedo so she's like it's the banana hammock the grape smuggler the Miami meat tent and it's, you know, it's her That tone. one was from
1: it, This American Life, right? The the lifeguard episode? Yeah.
2: I looked it up on uh, Lynn Pham's great uh, marsupial gurgle site, and it is from a, an episode of uh, This American Life, although I haven't heard that episode, so I don't think it's. Know pretty good. I, yeah. And, and, yeah, when
1: she was doing it, I was like, wow, this is public radio, and they're really, they're really, really <laughs> going for this. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, so they've it's funny cuz the i think it was just uh, several years ago that he first used the drop and then just recently he just played part of that drop uh for uh, for a, a split second so i don't know if he's working that back into the rotation or if it was some misfire or something but uh,
1: my current his favorite his which banana I,
0: hammock um season coming up what's that's that? true it it's banana hammock season coming up so. oh
1: yes <laughs> i've been getting in shape for it for sure. <laughs> no, My my current favorite one, and I wish it had come out in time to be on our merchandise, our LRB merchandise, is Too Loud and Too Specific. Yeah. <laughs> yes,
2: that's a good one. I started lis- w- watching uh, Rick and Morty based upon uh, that drop. So, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Butthole it, flaps
1: it, drop.
0: <laughs> right. It uh, works in so many different situations. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, and lastly... Why does TBTL matter to you?
2: Well, you know, I love uh, both uh, Luke and Andrew. They both kind of represent various parts of my psyche. And uh, as it happens, uh, Luke and I are almost exactly the same age. He's four days older than I am. So a lot of his stories about either cultural references or growing up in the 80s, I can really relate to. Uh, but also, of course, I love all the uh, the tens out there. It's really a remarkable community. and. It's great to meet so many interesting and weird people. So, and of course, anybody who makes a podcast about a podcast, I have to admit, when I first heard that idea, I was like, hard eye roll, but LRB, I enjoy just as much as TBTL. So, Well,
1: why did you, why did you tune in then? If you had that reaction, I'm, I'm wondering this about people, because I know it's probably an immediate turn off or turn on. Yeah. Know?
2: Well, I mean, certainly being familiar with you and Christy a a little bit from, uh, from TBTL, Mm -hmm. uh, that, uh, you didn't think we were going
1: to puke on our shoes at least.
2: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And then listening to the show, I genuinely enjoyed obviously enough to, to come on it. And, you know, it's always great to hear everybody's hot takes every week and, and, uh, you know, people's joys and frustrations with, uh, TBTL. So, uh that uh that has kept me coming back and where to... else are you
1: going to hear about penis fingers
2: exactly I mean, Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> or get to tell poop stories
1: right 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 well before <laughs> before we get to that have you been to any tbtl events did you meet a lot of folks well, you mentioned the community um
2: yeah i uh i was at the uh the la live show in 2010 okay and uh Christy and I actually talked about that, so that's going to be on one episode of LRB in the future. Oh, right. Um, you were chatting
1: about that mm-hmm. before we we came on to record. Yes.
2: Exactly. So, okay. yeah. So I was at that show, but as I said on, on the, to Christy earlier, didn't really get a huge sense of comu- community out of that show. I don't know if it was just everybody being too L.A. and too cool for school or what, but uh, uh, didn't really get to meet a lot of tens there. And then I missed the uh, I missed the live show in Minnesota last year, but I happened to be back in Minnesota this year right when Luke and Andrew were there, but it was a short trip, so mm-hmm. I couldn't go to their uh, meetup that they had with Stu at the Surly Brewing Company, which was very disappointing because I would have been all over that. So,
1: Well, i got to say, when he announced that they were going to do a show in Southern California, I thought that was a mistake. I mean, from all my experiences with with Southern California, it's just not a live show town. Well, you know, especially for the – the. I mean, Luke, we were listening to these old clips, and he thinks that there were 120,000 people downloading the show. You know, <laughs> <yeah>. that, <laughs> that's not the case, you know. And, and it, L.A. just doesn't seem to be a hot market for L.A., San Diego. You don't ever hear about any San Diego tens. Well,
2: it's yeah. – I, I think the show is actually just – Way ahead of its time, because since that time, a lot of the, you know, there was a great uh, guest list that showed up for the L.A. show. And since yeah, that time, absolutely. many of those people have gone on to have huge podcasts and huge success. And they've done live shows at much bigger venues and sold them out. Yeah, so. I guess
1: I'm saying at the time. Yeah. At the time, podcasting was not a big deal. And they clearly didn't have a big fan base in Southern California. And I just I just thought this this is uh you know he can do all he wants get great bands get great guests but people just aren't it's not going to work like when when they when they're going to go to chicago or minnesota you know uh seattle obviously mm-hmm. you just you just know there's a built-in base there because you experience it through the stens page and through other other outlets you you know all the feedback they get they don't they don't get a lot of stuff out of southern california they just don't well do you
0: also think that it's there's so much going on. There's so much to do in California and Southern California that is just not on the radar. I mean I've talked I've heard Adam Carolla say it. He said, I grew up in this city and I'm going I'm playing a theater that is a block away from my house and I can't sell it out. Yeah. And he has just as big of names and it's just that that's the market. He can go to Portland and sell out three days in a row mm-hmm. a giant theater, but he can't do the will turn down the street
1: I, I don't know I mean yeah that might be that might be part of it and I'll let Mike talk on that in a second but my my opinion um, is that a confessional show a naval gazing show kind of like um, Lukes everyone is already naval gazing and being confessional and trying to get on reality shows in in uh, in Southern California so it I just don't think that that type of show interests people enough to pick it up, but that's just a theory I have
2: yeah it's interesting it's always weird to me what things are super popular here and what things aren't and it's not easy to predict but it there's definitely been an expanding market for podcasts and live versions of podcasts so i think it's that's starting to become much more of a thing Mm -hmm. now
0: then they should do another show
2: yes yes they should absolutely come back to los angeles and Mm -hmm. uh I'll buy a ticket. So yeah, <laughs> me
1: too. He, he's shell shocked. I don't think he's going to do that. He's not going to New York. And he's not going to L.A. You know, right? Stay in Seattle or right down the middle of the country. You know, yeah. I thirty five corridor is that's P one right there. Yeah, know your P one. Yep. <laughs> Obviously, I mean three of three of our hosts here. You know, for the I thirty five crew. So uh, you've chosen. You chose a couple different clips, and we decided to go with, with this one tonight. It's not the obvious poop one, which is the Kingdom Poop Story. Did we do that with someone, Christy, yet?
0: I'm sure we have.
1: I'm, I can never remember I anymore know. which yeah. ones we've done and which ones we <laughs> haven't. But, but uh, the, Mike's chosen a uh, poop story that um, that, boy, <clears throat> I was really... <laughs> I was really rooting for Luke when he was telling this. I remember exactly where I was driving somewhere in South Austin. I was trying to go to some tea shop to get a gift for Emily for her birthday or something or for some holiday. And I was wandering around trying to find this really obscure little house that sold these weird teas. And I remember I pulled over in the parking lot at this tea shop and and I was on pins and needles, you know, to see what was going to happen. So I guess I've properly... Set it up. So, um, without further ado, play that tape for us.
4: All right, you guys. Uh, I want to. Uh, I, I want to just, if we can, uh, hustle over to our top story. Um, Hello, and welcome to top story. Um, after the uh, New York show, um, you guys know that I went on to Chicago, like very quickly after, uh, to do a taping of Wait Wait Don't Tell Me. Uh, Which is a a really fun thing, and it's very good for TBTL because they have – I'm not kidding. I think they have like 3 million or 4 million listeners. Mm -hmm. And so when we can get on there and they can – they're forced to say the name of the podcast, which always sticks in their throats a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell that they're always kind of like, is this really the name? But it's way good promotion for the show, and it's really fun, and I, I like everybody that works on that show. But it's you know it's a it's a sort of a big deal. It's kind of a lot of pressure because there's a studio audience of uh, I don't know four or five hundred people, and then it goes out to, to all these folks. So I got to Chicago. I was and uh, I was really tired, and I went to the hotel and I took a nap, and I got up, and it was only as I was arriving at the auditorium where they taped this that I realized that I hadn't really eaten anything all day, and I was super hungry. And in the back room, in the green room, they always have some food brought in from Boston Market, which I freaking love because they don't really have Boston Market in Seattle anymore. Yeah, I loved that place, too. I know. Everyone I know loved Boston Market. Why the hell did it go out of business? I swear I ate that cream spinach like two times a week. Now they just have like the frozen meals of them around here. Yeah, it's not the same. Every time I'm in L.A., if I have a few minutes before my flight, I go to the Boston Market on Sepulveda before I take off from LAX. I'm a big fan. So I get there. I'm super hungry, and I go crazy on the Boston market. <laughs> I eat like a gallon of cream spinach. I'm going in for the mashed potatoes, which are pretty garlicky. garlicky. I'm rocking the chicken. It's it's on, right? And uh, I'm uh, the show starts, and uh, the show is about two hours long. I don't know if people know this about, wait, wait, don't tell me, but it goes about... An hour and a half of show, which they then cut down to being an hour. And then there's a sort of there's a bunch of pickups that have to be done. And there's some Q&A with the audience. So the whole thing's about two hours long. And I would say about a half hour into it, I started to feel the worst diarrhea pains (laughs) that you can possibly feel as a (laughs) human being. I'm sitting on stage. I'm at the end of this little table. There is, by the way, no intermission. There is no halftime. This is a live taping. This is all happening in real time. They are recording the entire thing. There are no breaks. I start to have the worst stomach ache I have ever had since I was 14 years old and shit my pants at a Mariner game. (laughs) That was the last time I felt this kind of pain and i am sitting there and i am thinking to myself how is this going to end <laughs> like this goes this goes one of two ways i either stop this entire production and go hey h- hang on carl castle i'll be right back and leave the stage and then i'm in the bathroom and everyone's waiting for me can you imagine how like how like, my, my state of mind my emotional sadness I'm going to be feeling in that bathroom as I'm sitting there with literally millions of people waiting for me. Yeah. If you count the radio audience. Or I shit on Roxanne <laughs> Roberts. <laughs> Those are basically my two options. It was... Unbelievable. I was sweating. <laughs> I was having like flop sweat. People must have just thought, man, this guy is really nervous about being on this show. Did you have any gas? Were you sneaking no, out little No, And kids? I did not even dare. <laughs> I mean, I did not that was that was an arc of the covenant that I was not going to crack the seal on. Because it was gonna be like Indiana Jones. <laughs>
3: yeah.
4: I mean it was like everyone that in that food. room was gonna die. <laughs> I was like if I – so I was doing this thing where I would sort of – it would become really intense, the pain. It wasn't even just I'm going to do this. You know what? I'm going to just go there. It wasn't just stomach pain, which is awful, but you can kind of do a thing where you leave your body a little bit, which, by the way, is what you really want to be doing when you're a guest on a comedy show (laughs) where you're taking a news quiz and you're supposed to be funny. What you really want to do is be hovering above the auditorium, not thinking about the show (laughs) because that's good. But with pain, you can kind of disassociate yourself from the pain. But there was also a tremendous amount of pressure, (laughs) the kind of pressure that made me think there is a point – at which this levee is going to break. And um, probably Spike Lee is gonna make a documentary about this too, because it is going to go down in history <laughs> as one of the worst tragedies of the modern age. Because I, I was like, when this When le- the
0: levees broke, part two.
4: Exactly. When the when this levee breaks, <laughs> this is gonna be Ugly, And so I'm doing there were really moments where I was like, oh, OK, this is happening. This <laughs> is totally happening. And I would like sit up at the table <laughs> and I would do some kind of butthole kegel exercise <laughs> and just like I would just like summon. And meanwhile, I'm asked answering questions about Steve Jobs or whatever, <laughs> doing lightning fill in the blank. It was in sanity. I really thought like this is going to go down as one of the worst moments of my entire life. And somehow by, the, by the, the hand of God, I kept it together. But I mean by the – it was one of those things where when, I, when the show was over and I was able to run to the restroom, I was like, well, let's see what Santa brought <laughs> <laughs> as, I, as I finally was able to use the toilet. And amazingly, he brought nothing. But I would have been unsurprised were there were – there, had the process started early. If you know what I mean. Yeah. They're (laughs) already put in toys. That's exactly right. So if my performance was less than stellar, if my jokes uh, could have been a little funnier, I just uh, hope you guys will cut me some slack because I was – I mean that was quite honestly – I'm trying to think of a worse – in terms of the my life, anyway, in terms of the high-profile gigs that I get to do, that's probably the most high-profile gig that I, I get to do right now. I'm trying to think of something worse. Maybe like you're quarterbacking a team in the Super Bowl, and there's 20 seconds left, and you have no timeouts. Mm-hmm. And you get – I mean I'm trying to think of a worse – even your like your wedding, that would be super awkward, but you could just be like, I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I'm, I mean it would, again, be slightly weird, but it, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Like I'm trying to think of a worse time when this could happen, and I'm kind of stumped. Stuck in New York traffic and you're a taxi driver and like you have to be in that cab. Oh, yeah. Where to go. Yeah, that would be that would be gross. Except it would only be happening. You're alone. Yeah, it's not being broadcast. That's right. Well, you have people in the back. Yeah, but that's like two people. That's two people. Yeah, you're not sitting on a stage in front. True. I mean, that was the. Well, we could spend a whole show on this, we, and we might. <laughs> we just might. And then, of course, this is me, right? So that happens. It's over. I I escape unscathed, and I'm going to meet the Chicago Tens. Uh, who, by the way, are a lovely, lovely bunch of human beings. They're so great. We met up at this bar called Rossi's, which is this, like, totally rad dive bar in Chicago that I love that was recommended to me by a 10. And I'm going there, and I'm thinking, Jen, you had said something to me about meeting uh these listeners like we've been doing. Uh, and you were saying you're a little worried that we're really demystifying ourselves with them. Yeah, I I feel like once they're around us for thirty minutes, they realize how completely normal we are, and it's not quite as fun for them. Yeah, and and I was like, you know, there really might be something to that. So I was like, I better try to be cool when I get there and be like, just be, <laughs> seem extra special and awesome, so everyone will be like, oh, that guy Luke is cool. Did you like throw a quarter from across the room and it go in the jukebox? Yes, and like it started like. Yes, <laughs> Mr. I was the Big. I was the Fonz when I showed up, <laughs> which was awesome. Hey, so, so I I was like. I was thinking to myself, I got to be cool with these folks. I got to like totally let them know that like I am rad and it's worth listening to this imaginary radio show. And I get there and I also said to myself, don't talk about the pooping story with them. That is like <laughs> – look, look up demystifying. And I get there and I'm like, hey, anybody want – anybody need a drink? And, and they're like, yeah, OK. I grab a couple drinks. I put the drinks down. And before the drinks had hit the table, I'm like, so I almost shit my pants. <laughs> That's awesome. I was, I was like, I have no boundaries. I mean, and now I'm telling it on the air. So I guess it was going to get out sooner or later. But uh, I, I, I don't know. It, Sean, I mean, you, you had a meet up in Seattle at the zoo with some people. Yeah. I mean, do you feel like are you worried at all that, that when you meet the listeners, they're going to be underwhelmed? Oh for sure. You know, I mean cuz I don't know what to say. I'm like, "Oh, it's it's so flattering that they want to come there to see me or you." And so sometimes you get really nervous and you default to poo stories. <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm nervous I'll start t- telling something that I don't even want to talk about just to like have conversation flowing. I know. You know? Yeah, flowing like the poop almost was. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I. How about you, Flash? You're going to have a meet up in Atlanta. Have you? Are you developing a? You always have a plan. This is your big planner. Do you have a new strategy for how to how to stay cool around the listeners and, and how to impress them? No, I don't have a strategy for that at all. But I do find that most people have a, a couple good stories in them. So if I just ask some good questions, usually I get to get a good story. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe I need to stop. I need to stop like assuming that I have to fill the any sort of conversational pauses mm-hmm. because that is t- totally my move. I'm very uncomfortable with silences in conversation, and if there's ever a pause, I will then just jump in mm-hmm. and just yeah. head you know headlong and and figure it out on my as it's happening. And then usually it's about pooping. Um, <laughs> man. So the suspense. uh
1: whew. That was, I, I think, I, I might have had to go to the bathroom again while I was listening to that because I just wanted to make sure that I was going to be near in case something happened to me when when we found out the result. But but he made it. Uh, why, why did you choose this one, Mike?
2: You know, this, I think, is one of the all-time funniest stories ever told on TBTL, you know, both in the way Luke tells it and just what happened to him. Like, that has got to be the uh, nightmare scenario to not only experience severe gastrointestinal distress when you uh, can't go to the toilet, but to do so in front of a, a giant audience oh, yeah. while you're the f- center of attention and being recorded and trying to be funny uh, is just like, how could you possibly deal with that? And yeah. and then, of course, that Luke uh, took the time to share with us Uh, This story in such great detail, you know, at the end of the clip where he mentions, uh, I uh, met up with some tens after the show. And, of course, the first thing that pops out of his mouth is this story. So, (laughs) This is one time when Luke's lack of filter, you know, really uh, brought the gold to the TBTL audience.
1: It was a it was a really great story, but I I can't help but thinking the even better story would have been had he let loose on stage with that. Would have been the story of the the production assistants. At wait, wait, don't tell me. <laughs>
2: there, yeah. It's well. Here's the interesting thing. So I went and tried to listen to that episode of of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on the oh, website, brilliant. and oddly, that show is missing from the website. The week before and the week after it are there, and so part of me wonders, that, you know, if there's some sort of conspiracy where Luke called up Peter Sagel and said. Hey, uh, you know, can you take that <laughs> show down? I wasn't really at the top of my game, and I wonder if he ever revealed to Peter what was going on for him during that show.
1: Um, oh, I would totally, well, I would totally tell the other <laughs> panelists and, and hosts. or whatever. I think they would just die. That'd be great.
0: Well, thanks to Lynn Pham, he just sent me a link, and I may have it.
2: Oh. So
0: if I do, we'll put it in the show notes or yeah. Please, or please do because I want
2: to <laughs> listen to that show with that context in mind. And, it's and really and to yeah, too <laughs> bad
1: that they they edit that show so heavy handedly because you would love to hear just a little bit like when Roxanne Roberts is talking Luke going, oh
2: boy, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> just
2: some like deep lamaze type breathing, oh, yeah. you know, it's like
0: or his uh, <laughs> butthole kegels, as yeah. Um, I th- I love it when he said so. My options were to run off stage or to shit on Roxanne Roberts. <laughs> and, um, but now that we know that she's an uh, wait wait don't tell me cheater, well, maybe he should have.
1: Yeah. yeah, really, a,
2: a little. Uh, that probably would have thrown her off. Now her that he's games. figuratively
1: <laughs> shit on her, why not add, yeah. add, add literally to the list? <laughs> okay, so um, when I was listening to the to this clip. Something surprised me, and it, it must be because I heard him talk about this. I heard him tell the same story in another venue. Either it was on Stack of Dimes or maybe a secret show or maybe it was a private conversation. But I rem- I remember him telling the story about how his underwear, when he, when he was done, and he went to the bathroom and nothing happened, but his underwear was more or less soaked with... Um, Uh, I don't know the technical term for it, but uh, poop juice, poop lube. I think I know what
2: you're talking about, uh, because I think he later described it as some sort of jelly like substance. Yes. Uh, Where did we hear this, Mike? I think he must have talked about it again on uh, TBTL. Okay, because you don't Uh, listen to Stack of Dimes. I do on occasion, but so it's possible that that's uh-huh. where he said it. I'm just but, so uh, glad someone else
1: remembers this because yes, cause it was driving me crazy. I'm like, when's he going to talk about the the poop slime?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, I I thought that was in the initial telling of the tale, but no, he must have brought that uh, dazzling detail up at a <laughs> and later. The, the reason occasion. it
1: came to mind, I, I we talked beforehand that we're each going to tell a poop story, and I said I didn't really have a poop story other than the one where. I had a shart at Discount Tire the other week. <clears throat> but I actually... Oh, just that old story. <laughs> well, it'll become, <laughs> you know, it'll become uh, canon soon. But the uh, the poop story I do have is um, when I was in the hospital last time uh, for my amputation, I was in there for like nine or ten days because I had uh, some different complications. And and so I was on um, all, diff- all different kinds, maybe three different kinds of painkillers the whole time I was there and you know of course I lied to them and told them that I was pooping so that I could go home Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) and then when I got home and you know and I'm dosing down on the medication and it's finally something's finally happening and I ate plenty in the hospital because the only the big impediment to me to eating um, during like the seven or eight months when my foot was broken before I went to went to get it amputated pain pain was getting in the way of my appetite. So when I was in the hospital and on the painkillers, I was eating, you know? So I'm full of food, full to the top of food, and it's finally time to poop, and I'm still kind of on painkillers or whatever. And I got this poop, and it, it it really wants to come out, but it's like, what do they call it when the baby like wants to come out sideways or something? Breach. <laughs> uh, uh, Breach. Right. <laughs> right. And I can feel it, and it's awful, you know? And so, you know, I, hey, you tuned in for a poop for a poop show folks so get ready, get ready for fun <laughs> here so I'm sitting on the toilet and I, I'm not peeing but I, I hear what sounds like peeing and it is that that um, lubrication or that poop slime <laughs> just falling into the toilet you know just totally going to waste Cause, because it's, wait
0: that's an actual thing
1: oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah doctors oh, no. let's chime in on this Doctor Rob, Doctor Jim, you know we're very respectful of the, of the doctors on our show. We always call them by their first names. <laughs> <clears throat> Makes them sound like TV quacks or something, you know. <laughs> Weight loss, Doctor Oz or whatever. So, yeah, that 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 happened to me, and and I thought I, I thought uh, he was going to talk about that during that clip, and obviously Mike did too. Christy, you have no memory of that. <sighs>
0: I, I feel like they talked about it maybe um, during dog talk and why dogs need oh, dogs to have their anal
1: glands expressed.
0: That's a good guess. <laughs> That's a good
1: point. <laughs> anyway, I, I can't say I took it to Gross Town, but I mean, I, I parked us there for a while. I can say that. <laughs> At least a drive-by of
2: Gross Town, yeah. <laughs>
1: Right. <laughs> Christy, you don't like Boston Market? Uh, it's not for me.
0: Uh, it's uh, very meat heavy. And so the only thing I would ever get, it, they they were around in the Seattle area maybe for about 5 years. And so the only thing I would get there is a Caesar salad, and they had this really annoying corporate rule that anytime you ordered a Caesar salad, the whole restaurant would yell, "Hail Caesar." Oh god. <laughs> um, and so because of that, it like Made my anxiety way too high that I just I couldn't do I'll it.
1: I'll have a Caesar salad um, hold the hail Caesar sub no yeah. hail Caesar <laughs> Jesus that's awful that's like that's like <laughs> the yeah. bass drums of Ferrells that made send me diving under the table when I was six years old. you know' it's so annoying happy birthday they- boom. boom ah! <laughs> <laughs> um
0: also this uh this ice cream place, Coldstone, had uh, it where every time you tipped them they would have to sing you a song. Uh, and so I would just say, Well I'm not gonna give you any money if you sing, <laughs> I will pay you two dollars to not sing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't want to. It's a bunch of sixteen year old kids. They don't wanna sing the song, they don't wanna yell out Hail
1: Caesar. Like it's just annoying. None of us want this. Well, at Ferrell's, they used to when someone turned sixteen, they'd have someone kiss them. I mean, come yeah, on, that, it's weird.
0: It's weird. <laughs> People would go to jail for that
1: now, <laughs> right? 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 Some, <laughs> yeah, twenty-four-year-old manager at waiting Ferrell's to happen, <laughs> sticking their tongue down some sixteen-year-old boys. Yeah, come on now, Mary Kay, knock it off. So, are we going to tell poop stories now, uh, Christy? Yes. You want to you want to lead off since <laughs> I took us to Groston. Let's let's just, let's park the car and walk around the park in the middle in the town square.
0: Okay, mine isn't about myself. It's about my best friend. Um, we met in a an AT and T wireless training class in two thousand two. And uh, we were in this class for 10 weeks. So we all, it was a class of 20. and We all um, became good friends. And I, of course, started a club called the Cool Kids Club. And you had to fill out an application um, to be able to be in it. And we would all go out to lunch together. And so I would invite her, this person that was a stranger at the time. And she would always say, oh, I'm sorry. I have to go to my mom's house. And and after a while, that got kind of weird. Like, why is she? And so I said, are you letting a dog out or what's the reason? And she said, well, honestly, it's because I have, I have to poop like diarrhea every single day. And so I don't want to do it at work. And my mom lives uh, a couple miles away. So I go to her house to poop and, and then I can come back to class. And so now we have this thing of when you have to diarrhea, you have to go to mom's house (laughs) and she, she often poops her pants um, where like she tries to uh, fart on people. She thinks it's really funny and that's <laughs> often <laughs> causing her to poop her pants um, from little tiny mic size shirts to a full blowout
3: um, <laughs> mm.
0: and she's recently, she's pregnant so now it's even worse. Oh, I feel like I've never been pregnant, knock on wood thank God um, but I just feel like your insides just don't it's just like are fighting you at all times. Right. Everything's being yeah. crowded
1: for space. So, right. <laughs>
0: so she's often, um, just pooping herself just like, <laughs> randomly. Oh, no. so if, if anyone's thinking about getting pregnant, just know that a lot of poop and pee just like comes out of you at all times. Um, but she sends pictures of uh, the underwear and oh, also no. the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> Well uh, uh, Little Ellie uh, likes to tell people um, Including her mom Who doesn't know any of these players in this game uh, That Katrina poops her pants And she's an adult (laughs) 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 So those are That's my poop story
2: Mike Okay so Well like you at the uh, tire store I uh, pulled the trigger on a fart That I was Absolutely sure was just a fart. Where were you? Well, this is the bad part of the story. I was on the bus at the time. (gasps) No! Oh, it gets worse. I was almost at my destination. And it gets even worse. I was wearing tan pants at the time. No! Yes. Were you sitting? (laughs) I was sitting, and I had that horrific moment when I pulled the trigger. Warm. Warm feeling.
1: (laughs) Why warm, is it feeling, warm?
5: <laughs>
2: something this here warm. has gone horribly wrong, <laughs> and I'm cor- and of course I'm darting around looking at other people uh, on the bus with me, seeing if it's evident, you know, what happened, and if people can tell if I'm stinking the place. Do up. you have
1: a sweater, you a know, jacket? Do you have anything? Nothing. You can-
2: I am oh! just there myself, so I kind of gingerly get up and sort of stand by the door with my butt. Away from everybody, did you did you know you
1: had uh, did you know it had uh, it had uh, breached the the outside? I knew I
2: had breached the levee, but of course I couldn't bend in any sort of way to uh, mm -hmm. to. uh, You
0: have to like squeeze those butt cheeks and like walk home as fast as you can.
2: (laughs) Well, what I had to do was get on the bus back in the other direction to go home because I wasn't anywhere near my apartment.
0: Oh, <laughs> I thought you were on your way home.
2: No, I was almost at my destination. No. Ah. And so, had to wait if for a bus to come the If your destination isn't direction. a
1: place where you can buy some some new pants, then Yeah, no. Yes Home so, home it is
2: <laughs> So that was the longest wait for a bus I've ever had in my
1: entire oh! life <laughs> did, you just, then, uh, did you just lean up against a building? What was your
2: Yes, yes I, I leaned up against the bus stop And tried not to make eye contact with anybody Yeah and then Hey, I you guys smell that? Of, wow <laughs> well, And then I Finally a bus came and I get on And I just try and stay as far away from everybody as I can And ride did, you, until, did you sit? sit yeah, did you sit? <laughs> Christy, no, great I, I stood because I didn't want to, yeah. you know, do further damage to any bus seat so that, you're good that somebody oh, else so nice. yeah, good would have to, have to, to sit have. in. Uh, and then, of course, got off at the stop the uh, stop closest to my house. But it was still like a 10-minute walk home. Oh. So I had to do like the toy soldier stiff-legged walk yes. all the way longest home. Longest walk of your life. Yes, longest walk of my life. Goose-stepping the whole ho- way home. Goose-stepping the whole way home. And I get home. To take off my pants and assess the damage and i look and it could not have been more obvious what i had done like had i been how big was it 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 wasn't a huge quantity but it was a very clear stain that ran from my butt all the way down my pant leg so had i been wearing a, a shirt that said i have just pooped my pants it would have been less obvious what had happened to me. So I'm sure there were at least a few people
1: on the bus who saw me and were like, that guy's pooped his pants. So that See, we we have my, had my good friend story. from prison a big country on here, but uh, I'm not sure if we told the story about the time he had a blowout on the basketball court. <laughs> 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 I think and maybe you, you say did it tell didn't actually that story. happen. Uh I don't know if he denies it I don't care if he denies it because <laughs> I uh, you I was there. there and I have witnesses including Jeff who you know because Jeff was a huge guy they would guard each other and and uh, once it was pointed out that Big Country had sharded on the basketball court You know, um, you're going to score a lot of points at that at that point because nobody's coming near you. So they would just toss the ball to Big Country. You turn around and lay it in because Jeff's standing in in the opposite corner of the court. (laughs) You get a clear lay into the basket. Oh yeah, you know, Country wasn't much of a basketball player, but he had a spectacular day. He he was like Ice Cube. He had a triple double that day. Because I
0: had this old, I had a a boss that I called Old Balls. Um, Luke actually talked about him on TVTL a couple times. And he came to the door. He would always come in about an hour late than me. And he he was knocking on the front door of the, we had all glass uh, window. He was knocking on the door, which I don't know why because it was open. And he, I saw he was just in his, he always wore a suit every day. And he had no pants on and no underwear. And he was just <laughs> standing there with a shirt mm. and a tie and a jacket. And I said, "Oh my God, what happened?" I mean, he was like eighty-five, so maybe he forgot to put pants on. I, I don't know. <laughs> like you never know with this guy. And he goes, "I just shit my pants. I shit my pants, and I shit up the. I shit up. I shit up the bathroom." And I said, oh, "Okay, oh, okay." And then he had his pants in his hand, and then I um, called all the people that worked at his house, and we got him. <laughs> we got him new <laughs> pants, but he sat. On this really expensive <laughs> antique chair that was cloth. Oh. And he just sat there. Oh. And then he oh. told me to call the building and tell them that a homeless, that he saw a homeless person um, messing up the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so to say that was the third time he pooped his pants <laughs> at work.
2: Oh, Regular George Brett.
0: Right. This is why I don't want to live to be 85. I'm sorry that
2: happened to him. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my job at, at summer during a uh, during college was at a healthcare supply company, and so I would ship out just crates and crates of adult diapers, and uh, I would just think, oh, I hope I never have to use these in my yeah. lifetime, you know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we have quite yeah. a bit of them here at the house, but it's it's for period flow. Different reasons. Yeah, it's, for, <laughs> it's for period <laughs> reasons. for heavy, heavy flow and, you know, no shame in that at all. Nope. Nope. Um, okay, my poo story is actually a pee story. And that is when I was a kid. I think I was in first grade because it was like the first year where um, I was in school all day. And my uh, elementary school was two blocks from my house. Um, so I'd walk to school and walk home. And I had these cowboy boots that I was really proud of. I love these cowboy boots. They, um, they were my pride and joy. And this was like the first week of school, and I was so happy to be wearing my cool-ass cowboy boots to school. And having, you know, it was like, it was after lunch, and I didn't know that you could, like, raise your hand and go to the bathroom, right? You know, when you're an all day, you know, when you're not just in for three hours, you, it's up to you to kind of manage your bathroom thing. Because, like, when you're kindergarten, you're only there for a few hours, and they, they give you a bathroom break or whatever. But like, when you're going to big boy school, you've got to manage your own bathroom stuff. So I, I sit there. I'm sitting there, and, <laughs> uh, like, they finally let us out, and we're going to recess or, or some sort of break, or you know, we're going to another classroom. And I just peed down into my pants and into my <laughs> cowboy boots. <laughs> <laughs> so I realized there's this break, so I I go home, and i <laughs> i take my I take my pants and underwear, and I throw them in the washer and start the washer because I was an independent kid. I was a little, you know, I knew how shit worked. I knew how to do chores. I was a clip-clop from way back. So got that going. And then what to do about the cowboy boots? You know, they're soaked. Both of them <laughs> inside just soaked with urine. And it broke my heart, but what I had to do was uh, our neighbors had a a pretty unkempt and like our backyard, there was like one tree and the yard was always mowed and our neighbors the dad was in Alaska for like 9 months a year and nobody took care of their backyard and so it was like just a forest. So I took my cowboy boots that I love so much and I fired them over the fence mm-hmm. into my neighbor's yard and um you know, it's heartbreaking cuz I love those things but you know, put on my my little chucks I went back to school. I was probably gone from, from school for about 15, 20 minutes because I was fast. <laughs> <laughs> I was an athletic little kid and nobody noticed I was gone and nobody noticed that my cowboy boots were gone and nobody ever noticed that they were in the backyard of our neighbors and nobody ever noticed that I never had any cowboy boots again because my, my parents were done parenting. You know, I think I've mentioned this before. <laughs> by, the time, by the time I came along, nobody gave a fuck. So it's it's uh, it's sad when that happens and you... You lose loved and ones. And it never,
2: it never occurred you to go back and
1: get the cowboy
2: boots at some later date, or you were just like, no, nope, they're they're soaked in urine. That was a shame <laughs> thing. You know, <laughs> gotcha. You didn't want to have to relive that. Well, you know, they experience. were they were lined
1: they were they were lined with like, uh, it was the lining was yellow, and it had like a mm. black pattern on it. But I just didn't see any way, anywhere that would back. stink so bad. <laughs> yeah.
0: can you imagine leather with urine in yeah. it?
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> um, Mike, I feel like I really just want to buy you some boots. I don't
1: want a boot. Maybe
0: we could, maybe <laughs> we could find someone with the right leg and get you a size 13 boot.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Michelle Zinkowitz and I there have talked about you know joining the sock club, but. <laughs> She's like a six, Together. a lady six, and I'm a men's thirteen. So, not gonna work. so far we haven't figured out how that's going to work. <laughs> but maybe, I'll, maybe I'll get a boot for the uh, for the big show in Austin. Who knows?
0: Oh, I like it, and a hat.
1: Oh man, no.
0: I feel like you either need a, one of those giant foam. At cowboy hats right. or a tiny little one.
2: <laughs> Right, definitely go tiny yeah, yeah, that yeah, just that
0: men
1: on film size. <laughs> oh, good pull, good pull. Yes. I remember that. <laughs> oh, so I had one more thing about uh, the clip that I'd forgotten to bring up um, I don't think the Boston market part of it really played into this because that he ate that right before he went out there and digestion takes like I don't know, five and a half, six to eight hours. Um, so he wasn't, what was, what was on deck was not the Boston market. It may have been pushing <laughs> down on the Boston. I mean, the Boston market may have been pushing down on whatever was on deck. The cherry on the top. Yeah.
0: Well, I also think,
1: um, because
0: Mike, you talk about this a lot, being, having worked in food service that, yeah, most people just have the flu when yeah. they're puking, Um it's not food poisoning when it's twenty four hours later after you ate those. Oysters. Or, or like,
1: no, most people like think like, "Oh, I got food poisoning at Taco Bell when I ate there an hour ago." No, that's not how that no, works. No, you no. might feel shitty because yeah. like, you ate at Taco Bell, <laughs> but you're not. You don't have food poisoning because you ate at Taco Bell an hour ago, because that's going right. to take about like, eight this hours. Could average.
0: be though. Is if Luke was doing one of his craziest diets, which he probably was, where he was only having coffee and turkey, and then (laughs) he went in and ate his weight in cream spinach and hail Caesar the salad, that's going to mess with your your gutty works. Not necessarily that it's food poisoning, but just like your body is saying, oh no, what is this Mm -hmm. food?
2: Yeah, if your stomach's already started to cramp and whatnot from something you'd eat and eight hours previously, and then you pack a bunch of food on top of that, that cannot be good. I know I've gotten food poisoning really badly three times in my life, and it is just like a wrenching gut pain. So if there's anything else there, it's certainly only going to exacerbate the problem, Mm -hmm. you know? Or
0: if he, I think he said he starved him, like he hadn't eaten all day. So he'd probably starved himself. And then the day before that, only eaten whatever, and then you just add coffee to this, mm-hmm. yeah. which is a laxative. <laughs> normal, <laughs> a, you know, a natural laxative. That's stuff's going to like come
1: your, out. like yeah, it's a ticking time bomb. It's like, like your way. pregnant friend, but instead of a baby growing inside, it's like. A bunch of cream spinach carb. and and uh, garlic mashed potatoes <laughs>
3: it's <a carb> baby <laughs>
1: so that that food baby is pushing down on on whatever poor decisions no. you've made you know in the yeah. in the other hours previous
0: I kind of wish and also we know that he had gone from the live show in New York to this so who knows what kind of bad decisions he was making for days before mm-hmm Drinking, getting yeah, drunk that, with Eugene Merman, or lots
1: whatever. of
0: pizza. <laughs> yeah, and so the, it's just a, a recipe for disaster. But how many of us wish that this had become a Stand by Me barfarama situation?
2: <laughs> 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 that is a great reference. Well, that would that would. Fortunately, be
1: awesome. fortunately, the the <laughs> diarrhea thing doesn't work like the like the barf thing. Yeah, like if like if uh Farnan has his uh diarrhea on the bus and then someone catches catches wind of it and then they're like, "Oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Now I got it too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it may it may make them Although bark, but not, they're not going to diarrhea over. Yeah. It. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see somebody's
2: diarrhea inducing somebody else to bark. <laughs> right, <but>. right. Yeah. <laughs> That is at least if there's one good thing about having diarrhea is that it's not contagious. So. Also,
1: if you could if you could diarrhea on demand, that would be that would get you out of some jams sometimes too. I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta go home. Like an o- oh boy.
2: <laughs> yep, I'm out. <laughs> like an octopus with a – with right, a
1: right, right. Uh, oh, little squirter. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't do the project today, guys. You, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do either either of you have anything else about the clip? Uh,
2: no, I think uh, that's it. Uh, I mean, I do. I do love how Luke t- says, "Oh, I didn't really want to tell anybody about this, and then I saw some tens, and I immediately told everybody about <laughs> it." You know, just. Uh, <laughs> oh, hey, on Such the show! It, it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I love. It. I would tell.
0: I would tell that. That's hilarious. Um, I think I'm always going to say, if, if I ever have the situation where I poo my pants, I'm going to say that Santa brought wooden toys. That <laughs> needs to be the new code.
1: <laughs> well, Santa brought them brought to mom's house.
0: Right. <laughs> Stop by mom's house, but Santa had already delivered <laughs> the toys. <so. laughs> uh,
2: well, there's also the, the story that a listener told on TBTL about having uh, diarrhea on a boat. And, oh you know, just a minute Ron. Yeah, just a minute Ron. so that's one that always pops into my head when when yeah. uh, things head sideways is right.
1: <laughs> Just, just shut out. Just a minute, Ron.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, uh, Christy, you want to keep some house?
0: Sure. Um, I would like everyone to archive and in fact, Mike was our first winner of the raffle.
1: I was
2: absolutely. I got all kinds of great stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he's uh. So he's done. He's on his sixth week right now, and he was entered to win, and he won lots of great Seattle-based prizes. And uh, so everyone should do that. You get for every day that you. He do, also got applets and cottons.
1: Cool Let's not forget that right. I did. We threw those. <laughs> I did. I still sitting on my. <laughs> They're
2: still sitting on my shelf. I add that one, and they were disgusting, so thank you, Jeremy, for that.
0: (laughs) And you know that those have probably been at the store for 10 years, and...
1: (laughs) You can unload them on on eBay or Pinterest as doorstops for dollhouses.
2: (laughs) Well, what I was thinking of doing was just going out on Santa Monica Boulevard here in West Hollywood and just laying them on the street, because people will pick up absolutely anything here and just seeing how long it took before somebody walked by and and took them away so maybe i'll do a little sociological experiment
1: (laughs) even even abby would turn up her Um, nose at that and there are calories in there so that means a lot
0: (laughs) right they're they're pretty disgusting um let's okay and then go to our if you're gonna buy something from amazon and you don't already uh support some charity because they have a really good charity program which i shouldn't be pitching but um go to little red bandwagon.com slash amazon and buy stuff and we'll read off the weirdest stuff we should do that again you <laughs> um, should pull those
2: i'm sure about half that weirdest stuff is stuff i've ordered using your so, <laughs> surprisingly it's meredith do,
1: usually
0: <laughs> I know. I do a lot of weird ordering for work. So I just recently bought four Echoes for work um, or Alexa. Or did you buy one Echo Alexa? and
1: then it just echoed four times? <laughs> or three yeah, times? times. <laughs> <Sorry>.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. And, yep. Oh, and go to our website, dot because we have merch. It's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah.
2: It Shirt. is, I just ordered my t-shirt It's expected to arrive tomorrow So, rah awesome. for that
1: <laughs> I'm going to have a hoodie And I think um, Emily has ordered bag. a tote bag And a t-shirt So,
0: Yep, that should be coming soon um, Hopefully by the Austin show If you order it in time Hopefully people will have it for the Austin show Well, it's show. about to
1: go into the hundreds every day For about four months So I need that hoodie to, to, to stay warm <laughs> Maybe,
0: Mike, maybe we should get you some LRB underwear For those well, times
2: My my idea was to do uh, an LRB uh, crop top You know, yeah. nice mesh And then, you know, at
1: least the king of Thailand would sure. wear one Yes,
0: know? that's true That's true
1: <laughs> you know, uh, one time my dad used to travel a lot when I was uh, young and because and, he worked for J.C. Penney as an uh, auditor. He would he was a certified internal auditor, and he would audit the department stores. And th- so his territory was in northwest, but Penny's was and I think still is um, located out of Dallas, like the home offices in Dallas. So he would go to Dallas occasionally. And one time he brought me home a shirt, a Texas A&M shirt, and it was a half shirt. And I was in, like, high school, <laughs> no. and I started wearing it to go, like, play pickup basketball or whatever, and, and uh, you know, I didn't mind how it looked. You know, I had rock hard, you know, 15-year-old, 16-year-old abs. So I wasn't ashamed of that. <clears throat> but then, like, I got to college, and I think I was, like, we went to, like, a wet t-shirt contest, and the girls were all wearing shirts just like my Texas A&M <laughs> shirt, and I was like, have I been... Was I... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I was wearing a girl shirt. And I'm still on the fence about that. Emily thinks it was a boy shirt. I'm not so sure. It was the 80s.
2: I, yeah. As a child of the 80s, I definitely remember guys wearing mm-hmm. crop shirts okay.
1: from time especially to time. In te- especially in so.
0: Texas one. But if it was a lady shirt, just put on some lady stirrups, <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> some leg warmers while I'm playing basketball over at Green Lake. Yeah, it would have been would have gone over. Really there. commit. <laughs> All right, uh, how to get involved with the show? Um, be like Mike. Uh, go to littleredbandwagon little dot com and uh, fill out the form. Who knows? Maybe you can um, get on the show. Do a recap. Do one of these shows, and I'm sure we'll be tapping Mike to get in the game at different spots as I continue to do a disappearing act on the show Uh, Facebook um, you can go to the Stens page or our page for a better experience the show twitter is at LRB podcast Mike do you want to give out your social media info Instagram, uh, Twitter, that kind of stuff
2: Sure. You can, of course, friend me on Facebook. Uh, my Twitter handle is M Farnan. That's M F A R N A N. And on Instagram, I'm M underscore Farnan. So if you want to see lots of pictures of sunsets and food I've cooked, follow me on Instagram.
1: Nice. You can email, email us at <laughs> littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Voicemail is 802 432 TBTL 802 432 8285. We got a voicemail last week that just knocked me on my ass and it was Mm -hmm. um it was about because we were talking about uh vets telling you your dog is fat and it was a voicemail from someone i'm I'm sure they're going to talk talk about this on the recap but um i wasn't on that recap uh wow she talked about how she took her dog when her dog was basically dying and it was a big big dog and the vet was real rude and wanting to put the dog on a diet and all this. And she talked about how much she appreciated the mobile vet because she couldn't pick her dog up anymore, you know, and the mobile vet came and they're doing amazing work, these mobile vets. We almost – I had to get one in Frank's case. We didn't, but um, being able to be with your your dog when they're put to sleep is is a pretty great experience. So – um, these voicemails you send, even if you don't want us to read the, or to play them or read your emails on the air, that's fine. But interact with us because um, you will make it rain on my face, yeah, either with a dog <laughs> story or a poop Ooh, story.
0: New segment. Try to make Mike cry. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm into it. In <clears throat> <clears throat> <laughs> All right. Um, I think that's it uh, for tonight. Uh, Mike, thanks for... Being a trooper and and doing a marathon recording session with Christy, I was glad I was able to get Mm -hmm. on here. This was a really fun show, so thanks again.
2: Well, thank you for having me back on the show. I really enjoyed it.
1: Christy, you want to get us out of here?
0: Sure. Until next time, this is The Next Party.
1: Uh, We love you, Jeff.
5: It. All right, Luke, you're up next. Fill in the blank. Because of continuing problems with the gas pedals, blank halted sales of some popular models of their cars. Toyota. Right. In the closest vote ever for the position, the Senate confirmed blank for a second term as Federal Reserve Chairman. Ben Bernanke. Right. An American filmmaker in Haiti said he survived the earthquake with the help of his blank. iPhone app. Yes. Catcher in the Rye author blank died in New Hampshire at age 91. J.D. Salinger Right, a Missouri man believed to have stolen a $20,000 diamond ring Blanked during police questioning Died No, coughed the ring up The movie Titanic was beaten out as the top grossing movie of all time by blank this week Avatar Right, because he was busy preparing for the State of the Union address President Obama was excused from blank in Illinois this week Jury duty Right, a Florida man suspected of grand theft auto Was arrested by police who found him at home blanking
4: Playing the game Grand Theft Auto? Of course.
5: (laughs) (laughs) He takes his work home with him. He does. (laughs) The stolen SUV parked outside Mikkel Ecke's apartment was the first clue, but when police found their suspect playing Grand Theft Auto, they knew they had their man. (laughs) Police also named Ecke's as a person of interest in a number of other crimes, including toppling a gorilla down a ladder (laughs) and forcing a frog to hop across a busy highway.